Blog Talk Radio. Lord's will, you'll see that it's a lot more than 
in a relationship between a man and a woman, but also a relationship between brothers and sisters, a relationship, you know, between friend, friendship, a uh, relationship between you and a job, your children, you know, your neighbor. It's all based on how we deal with each other. And how we deal with each other is something that we were given to from the foundation of the world. With God, God gave us that as a, you can say, uh, basically a manual, a homeless manual on how you operate on the earth with, with one another. So it's all, it's all found. The understanding of how we deal in love is found in the scriptures. So we're going to open it up. I like to open it up with First uh, John, the third chapter. And I'm going to start at verse 18. It says, uh, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So that scripture right there shows you that that love, I'm going to read that again because I want everybody to see this clear. He said, my little children, let us not love in word. So a lot of people love in word. They'll say the word love mm-hmm. to someone, but yet the actions that they display towards that person whether it be in front of them or behind their back, it's not backed up by, by the actions of love. And it's in, I'm going to read it again one more time. It says, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Mean deed is your actions. So the scriptures are telling us, as followers of Christ, that the way we're supposed to love is not in words, but in our actions. So, that scripture goes against the scripture, what the, the dictionary definition was. The dictionary definition didn't really have anything to do with actions. But basically, it had to do with a lot of lip So, you know, if somebody 
look at uh, relationships of many people having relationships and relationships that died and that did what stole and see that the Bible is not lying because you'll see somewhere in those relationships uh, a person committed sin against another person, and that's why that love waxed stole. Mm-hmm. For example, adultery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love waxed stole because of adultery. Love waxed stole because of uh, somebody uh, having hatred on another person, somebody stealing from somebody. You know, somebody lying to somebody. And these are all things that the scriptures tell us not to do to one another. So it's showing you that the scriptures are showing us how to operate in a in a most upright form of love. So we, we want to look at another, an example of these these actions that cause love to wax cold before we get into what actions we're supposed to have if we say we're dealing with love. Mm-hmm. Let's go to um, second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter. Alright, Second Timothy chapter three. Verse. Um, verse one. Second Timothy chapter three, verse one. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. So the scripture comment. This we know also that in the last days that perilous times shall come. The word perilous is basically in danger. Or hazardous time, mm-hmm. and, and you know <clears throat> that's what, that scripture is very broad. But dealing with a topic that we dealing with, uh, true love, uh, we can use that. We can use that. We can use that scripture like that to examine relationships and how relationships can be dangerous or perilous. You know what I'm saying? When you are uh, having a relationship with a person that that is uh, a sinful person, a person that is uh, dealing with iniquity. Now, imagine you get into a relationship with a person, and that person is dealing with sin. That person is a person that's lying to you. That person is a person that's a fornicator. So if you don't know that and you get in a relationship with that person and you're giving yourself over to that person, we, we read many stories, you know, we can open up the newspaper tomorrow and read stories about uh, someone killing somebody because of what? They were in a relationship and the other person went out and did something. They might have went out and, and uh, committed fornication and went out and committed adultery. Now, that person is, is mad and is seeking vengeance, you know. So, or that person may commit suicide. We had people commit suicide when somebody did something to them. So, you know, dealing with somebody that is a is a simple person could be very dangerous. And when we look at the scripture, it's going to show us a lot of characteristics that cause people to be harmful or dangerous to another person. Let's read on. Uh, I'm going to read verse 1 again. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, and it reads, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. And that's a, that's a big one right there. Mm-hmm. Someone that's a lover of their own selves. Someone basically selfish. And all they care about is themselves. And, and that's something that the scriptures is totally against. Because the most high isn't looking at us to be individuals in this gospel. We're supposed to be a family. We operate as a unit. And and that's a problem for a lot of people in this world. All they think about is themselves. They need to I want, I like, I this, I that. Mm-hmm. There, there's no need to compromise or, or to adjust themselves 
and find themselves wrong and adjust themselves according to the words of the Most High. Because a lot of people, man, when the scriptures come out, they're thinking about what they want. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even if there's somebody that's any iniquity, you're trying to bring the scriptures out to give them an understanding of correction and all they considered by the me, me, and I feel, I think, and I don't like, but I don't want to do this, I want to do that, I, I, I. Yeah, me, myself, and I. Exactly. Uh, verse 2, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, uh, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. So I want to look at all this because we got covetous. There's a lot of people got things that they want to do, they, things that they lust after, things that they desire. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to give it up. They don't want to compromise. They don't want to talk about, as an example, I was talking to an individual, I was telling you a story about. Uh, a young lady, uh, I want to see the name anonymous, but she was telling me that, you know, she's starting to learn the scriptures, and she's telling uh, other half about, you know, scriptures and can't be celebrating, celebrate pagan days. And then the vision, all he cared about, he didn't, he didn't want to even examine the scriptures on how we're not supposed to do Christmas. All he cared about is, look, if I can't do Christmas, I don't want to be down with that, with that religion. Exactly. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> exactly. So it's all about you and Christmas? You celebrating Christmas? That's all you care about? What about teaching your child properly? You know, what about living right before God? What about examining to find out what righteousness is? Exactly, exactly. But that was like the deal breaker. If I can't keep Christmas, I don't want to do it. And it says, uh, most things. I mean, bragging about things that they have, things they accomplish, which goes right along with proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents. <laughs> when we look at that scripture, disobedient to parents. The major role of a parent is to raise the child and teach him and instruct him in the scripture. Yeah. Let me ask that real quick. Because uh, being disobedient to parents, a lot of people take that life. Uh, when you read the scriptures, uh, if you don't correct the children in the way that they should go, what's going to happen for them? <laughs> that's right. That's right, and they're going to start following Satan. And as they get older, that's why the scriptures tell you, you know, spare not the rod. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put your child in check and correct them while they're young. Because as they get older, they get stubborn. They're not gonna listen to you. You can't get them over your knee as they get older and think they're behind. You know what I'm saying? So as they're young, you gotta guide them and put that fear in them. And and they're gonna follow what the Most High God is instructing them to do. But if people are being disobedient to their parents, and the parents don't correct them, the Most High God is gonna judge you for that. Okay. Just, just like He judged, remember, and uh, remember the High Priest and his two sons. Yeah. What was that? Uh, Eli, right? Well, I think it was Eli. I don't remember. He put them all to death. Yeah, uh, it was the high priest had his two sons, and the two sons was committing adultery, laying down uh, or fornication, laying down with the women at the church at the congregation. The scripture said his two sons were sons of sin. Exactly, and they were taking remember the uh, the sacrifices that they were bringing the sacrifice to God for their sins. Yeah, those picked themselves. Yeah, so the whole point is, I mean, he was going to how you um, in other words, how you honor your sons above me. You know, you didn't correct them or put them in their place. And that's the whole thing, that we we are going to be found guilty in the most 
in the eyes of the Most High God if we don't correct our children. So we have to correct our children. That's what it's all about. It's all about bringing them up and instructing them in, in, in the scriptures. And that's love. And that is love. Right. That's a form of love. Or showing them out of love. Mm-hmm. Not wanting love. Mm-hmm. And, and um, when you look at that, too, because as a parent, you bringing up your child and showing them how to follow the most high in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Then if you look at an example, like a father hands his daughter over to a husband. Exactly. And with the husband, the husband continues that role of instructing her, of instructing the wife mm-hmm. in following Christ. You know, because that's the role. That's why the, the, the scripture says that the head of every man is Christ. Mm-hmm. And the head of every woman is the man, because that's why it's instructing and guiding the wife to follow Christ. And that's also why you see in the, in the scriptures a lot of times that uh, bishops and deacons or elders in the, in the gospel were looked up to as being pastors. Right. So they were leading the people into following Christ. So that, that disobedience of God is going right back into you being disobedient against God. So that's not a right thing. And the blaspheme, a lot of people are blasphemers because they speak against the word of God and not even understanding what they're saying. It's great liars. Yeah. 
we have here are uh, false accusers, meaning people lying, lying on other people, saying they did things that they didn't, didn't do. And that false accuser, we are, that's a real serious thing because that's what people did to Christ. Yeah. They forced him to Christ. Mm-hmm. They forced him to step and had him stoned. Mm-hmm. And we have that going on a lot in this world. Uh, incompetent, meaning not unable to control yourself. How many people can do that? Yeah. And if you control your lust, yeah. doing things that you know is against the scriptures and you just can't control. You just keep on giving right into it. And how many times? It's just like an individual when you look it up, you know, for people to understand. It's just like someone that keeps urinating on themselves. Yeah. They can't control their urine. They can't go to the bathroom and just use the bathroom regularly like everybody else. They just keep urinating on themselves. That's the problem. You just can't keep urinating on yourself. So it's the same thing when you learn what love is according to God. It can't whack cold, brother. Yeah. You just can't just run around here and just keep committing fornication and keep serving idolatry. You know what I'm saying? You've got to get some kind of control. You're urinating on yourself. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So this is a form that God is saying that we have to eventually overcome that and understand what our demons are and what our lust is so we don't be incontinent, but we got to control and subdue our lust. So, if you're involved with a relationship with someone, mm-hmm. and you're doing things which is contrary to what you would do in a relationship, mm-hmm. or how you show love in a relationship, how can the love continue to grow if that person is constantly doing things which is contrary to love? Exactly. Because the scripture teaches that these things which are sin, as we mentioned, a, a few of them, fornication, lying, stealing, bad hatred, and these things are things that cause love to wax cold. So how can you say you love someone and continue to commit acts which are iniquity, which are evil? Eventually, it, it, well, we're going to go through the scripture, man, but eventually it, it, you're going to show who's going to love. It's going to come out. Is going to you either going to serve one of those masters? You can't serve both. Scripture tell you that. <laughs> and it really goes back to that to that second verse where it talks about emptying up for themselves, because that's what it goes back to: loving their past, loving their past that's in them, and want to continue in those things and yet utter the words of them. <laughs> no doubt. You want me to keep going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4. Traitors, petty, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Mm-hmm. We have traitors, mm-hmm. and high-minded, going back to being proud of, you know, not wanting to lesson, have their own way and their own way of thinking, their own way of doing things, and not want to feel people. So that what, what they emotions are guiding them to do is right. And they don't care about nothing else. That's why the text verse comes out and brings out. Um, verse five. No, no. Oh, okay. Okay. The next part is that verse where it talks about lovers of pleasure more mm-hmm. than lovers of God.
Some people give into idolatry. You know, some people give into stealing from people and murdering people, even selling drugs and, and things of that nature. So there's different kinds of pleasures that's out there, just not a sexual pleasure. So these things that we got to understand that you can't love that more than God. You know what I'm saying? You got to learn how to control your pleasures and, and overcome the lust, the lust, the lustful pleasures and uh, uh, make that transition over to the most I got. That's why your deeds will go along with that word. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, you know, that's what you said. You can't love in words, but in deeds and in truth. And that's how you love truly. Mm-hmm. By lining your, your actions up with the scriptures and what the most high says. Right. Verse 5, Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Yeah, having a form of godliness, we see that a lot. We have a lot of people claiming to be servants of God and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, people claiming to be Israelites and things of that nature. But yet denying the power. The power being the true understanding of the heavenly Father Christ, what they really want from, from us, and what we really need to do, which is the actions that we have. You know, how are you going to say you love or say you're a Christian or say you're born again, but just your actions? It's all, all, all of the above. All the opposite and contrary to what the, 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 uh, the Bible tells you to be, you know. Because a lot of people think serving God is, is about scriptures, how much scriptures you quote. Mm-hmm. You know, how deep you are quoting scriptures. We see that all the time. We're going deep, so we see that all the time. We're all quoting scriptures, but yet, how they deal with one another and how they deal with their wives or how they deal with their other brothers but also there's a point I wanted to make too in verse five where it says having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. That that latter part, we're gonna hit that in a second. But uh a form of godliness we've seen that all through the old testament with all the kings that was uh, set up to rule. You know, um the high priest that was set up in the in the um in the church back then, you know, in the wilderness also and um, after the wilderness, you know, there were they were uh, kings set up and, and high priests set up that were not teaching the word of God correctly. All right, so they themselves had a form of godliness. They were sitting in that seat as a high priest. They were sitting in that seat as an instructor of, of God, right? But yet they were teaching the pagan traditions that they followed of the other nations, brother. But they had a form of godliness. And that's the same thing that's happening today. These people that sit up in these churches and that hold the Bible, okay, and call themselves instructors of Christ, but yet they are far from Christ, brother, because they're not teaching the words of Christ. But they have a form of godliness and they use Christ's name. But the instructions that are in the Bible, they don't really teach. They teach the doctrines of men. So these are the things where it said at the end, from such turn away. <laughs> so you're supposed to turn away once you identify who it is that's out there teaching, you know what I mean, teaching the scriptures that are not, I mean not teaching the scriptures, but, but having the form of godliness to put Christ's name on it. It's a turn away from that. And we know that. We talk about Christmas all the time, and Easter and Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, that's not in the Bible, bro. But they have a form of godliness. And they act like they're pastors and evangelists and teachers and all that, but but yet they're not teaching the Bible. But right back to that pool of sheep's hope. Mm-hmm. 
And we always emphasize that when we read this. But the people really have to understand that. When they look at the word charity, all they look at is, oh, he has a given heart. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all they see. That's just a form of charity. That's just a form of love because that charity is going into love. That's all that is. So verse 3, I'm going to read again. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, which is going to what we just said, mm-hmm. and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, so what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I thought I was just giving to the poor. I thought that was charity. But that's not the beginning and end of what charity is. Right, right. Because, to put it this way, what about giving all your stuff to feed the poor, but yet you're alive? Mm-hmm. You're bearing false witness. Mm-hmm. You're cheating on your wife. Do you have charity there? No, you don't. I don't give a damn how much you're giving to the poor. That's right, because, like, you got to get what I cheat on your wife. Mm-hmm. How much love are you showing your wife when you're cheating on her? Exactly. How much love have you shown? How much charity did you give your wife when you were giving that to somebody else? <laughs> you want to go into that now? Let me see what that is. I think you might have made a mistake. No, no, I know. What's that? All right, All right call it um, from area code 203 uh, You have any questions or comments? Yes, sir. Oh, you got yeah, I'm, I'm just Give um, us one second. We got yeah. so We got to connect it to a different place. You don't have it on speaker. Can you hear us now? Yeah, I hear you. Oh, okay, cool, cool. We got you on speaker now. We had to put you on speaker. You have a comment or a question? Yeah, yeah. All praise to the Most High, El Elyon. Um, yeah, I was just, I, I got to, you know, just the thing about love, man, is that a lot of times with the church, you know what I mean, like. When you start talking about the laws of God, immediately the overall perception of of, of the modern-day church is like the law was, you know, full of, you know, just a bunch of strictness and a bunch of hatred, you know, just stone him, kill him, you know, if he does something wrong. But what, But in their ignorance, they don't realize that if they really study the Torah, the five books of Moses, if they really look through the law, They'll find out that that our God has always been a God of love Where, you know, all the way to how to treat animals You know, there's a scripture, I can't remember where it's at That talks about not taking the eggs away from a bird You know, the mother bird, while the mother bird sees it You know what I mean? Because that would be hurtful towards the, towards the bird So, I mean, like all the way to animal. I mean, even on the Sabbath You know, uh, the Most High God, you know, tells us to allow the animals to rest as well because they've been laboring for you, and the, all of these things are acts of love, and as well in the, in the Torah, in the in, in the Old Testament, we see that you know other scriptures where you know when you glean from the field, you know don't just think about yourself, but make sure that you leave that you leave things towards the edges of the field, so that the stranger and the foreigner will also have food to eat. You know, and those those also are acts of love. So, so you know, the, the Most High God has always He's always been a God of love, and I think that the church is so deceived because they they view like like two they say like there's one God in the Old Testament, and then we got the New Testament God. <laughs> we 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 got the Old Testament God. He was the God of judgment, and then we got the New Testament God, and He's the God of mercy. Yeah, they do say that. You, you know what I mean? I mean, that's like the perception 
that a lot of church people have because of the pastors not knowing history and the pastors not knowing about the you know doing away with the festivals and so they do you know doing away with the Torah they just look at the whole thing as passe passe but they don't realize that you know Jesus said I've not come to abolish but to fulfill and they'll say right yeah yeah see he fulfilled it but then they don't go on to the next verse that says but whoever keeps it and teaches it shall be called great in the kingdom of God. You know what I mean? And, and they, don't, they don't get into that. And then it says, until heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle will pass away from the law. So I say to them, have, have, have the heavens and the earth passed away yet? No. So then obviously the law of God is still in effect and it's still holy. And, 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 and the law of God is full of love, man. It's full of love. And so, you know, the churches, man, they just think that the law... Is just like I said, stone him, kill him, and, and, and that's and the only reason they they think that is because they neglect to study to show themselves approved unto God and to rightly divide His word, you know. So we definitely serve a God of love, man. So I'm you know I'm digging the conversation. Hey, bro, great great point, great point. Giving all praises. Um, thanks a lot, man, bro, for uh, you know for for uh, sharing that with us. You know, there were some great points you brought out, and uh, we're gonna Amen. add, we're gonna add to that love of what you just brought out. Thank you very okay. much. And I, hope, I hope I hope you hang in there and listen and listen in to the rest of the show. Absolutely. God bless you. All right. God bless you, bro. Shalom. All right. Shalom. Yeah. So, uh, like Paul was saying, I saw the scriptures. The scriptures tell us uh, God is love. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, at First John uh, four and eight, I believe, it tells that God is love because His Word is all about feeling in love, and that's what He requires from us, and that's what He requires that we give to each other, and that's what the commandments are all about. You know, mm-hmm. that's why the scriptures say that uh, He is the Word. It says He is the Word, and it says He is love. So you know, we sum it all up. So you know, we gotta deal with each other according to love and according to the Word. So. You know, what a lot of people, see, a lot of people, that's why the scriptures talk about their blasphemy is because they don't really understand the scriptures. When they really understand the scriptures, they see the righteousness in, in the Most High and the righteousness in His Word. And uh, he, he expects us to deal with each other in a certain way. He expects a husband to deal with a wife in a certain way, a wife to deal with a husband in a certain way, to deal with your children in a certain way, for us to deal with each other as brothers and sisters in a certain way, for us to deal with everybody. Mm-hmm. In a certain way, whether they deal in the love or not, we are supposed to deal in love because we are in God, and that's God is love because His commandments is showing us how to deal in love. So we can't say we know how to deal in love, and we deal, we deal in opposite to His commandments. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and, and if somebody say they know that, it's because they don't understand the commandments of God. They don't understand the righteousness of the commandments of God. So let's pick back up where we left off at. That was First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to read verse 4. And it reads, Charity suffereth long and is kind. So when we look at somebody that charity suffers long, mm-hmm. how it shows you that you can be dealing with somebody, for example, you're dealing with somebody teaching them the gospel, <laughs> and they, they may lack understanding in the gospel, mm-hmm. but do you lose patience with that person? Yeah. If that person is sincere and loving, yeah, they may go off, they may they may make mistakes, 
But are we supposed to, because I remember back in the days, we see individuals grab a person and throw them out of the school because they made a mistake or they didn't understand something in the scriptures. That's not charity. And they'll, and they'll tell uh, an individual to uh, a sister to leave, his, to leave her husband because she's not trying to follow the gospel quick enough for them. You know what I'm saying? Or vice versa, tell that man to leave his wife because uh, she's not picking it up quick enough in their eyesight. That's not suffering alone. Because there's a lot of stuff that sometimes people, it's like, um, how could I say it? It's like uh, growing pains. There's some things you're going to go through in this gospel as you're learning. Through experience, you're going to pick up different ways or how to deal with different situations. And you got to be patient in raising your kids. you got to be patient and, and dealing with your wife, you gotta be patient with dealing with your, with your husband because there's certain things that they may not understand yet, and you leading by example, Lord's will can bring the best out of them mm-hmm. by leading by example to teach them. See how I'm handling it? Yeah. This is how you do it. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes things might rub off and they might pick it up. So sometimes it takes time, and then eventually, sometimes you, you're going to find out that you suffered long because that was love. And guess what? <clears throat> Your husband ain't going to take heed to this. He's not going to embrace this. Your wife, you you, you suffered long. You had patience. Mm -hmm. You showed your charity. But she might not embrace this. Mm -hmm. She might not follow this. So, you know, time will tell and the scriptures let us know that we still, within ourselves, have to still teach love and charity. And that's suffering long. Yeah, it's just people out of walking the commandments of God. Mm-hmm. And it could be another brother also, a brother coming to learn, and he may not fully understand a lot of things. Exactly. You know, are we going to be uh, uh, judgmental and evil yeah, yeah. and judgmental, like you said, to yeah. that brother? Mm-hmm. Are we going to uh, help edify and strengthen that brother, mm-hmm. you know, in the spirit of love? Because that's what, that's what Christ did with us. Because that was the case when he said Satan get behind me to Peter, he would just cast him out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Because there was levels of growth that Peter had to learn. And so did all the disciples. You you lack faith. You have little faith. You know what I'm saying? Satan so get behind you. Like he would talk to them in this manner. Why? Because they haven't grown and matured yet in the spirit. So you it suffers long because they have to go through things. That's why Peter, remember when he said, uh, Satan desired to sift you as weak. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and when you're converted, strengthen your brother. Yeah. Because through your experience and what you were going through, and as you get stronger through your experience, you can teach those um, that was going through the same things you just went through. You know, because Satan, he had, he was trying to have his way with you, but you overcame him. Yeah. You overcame your lust. So now, through your experience and your testimony, now you can help someone and their lust to help them overcome. You know what exactly, I'm saying? Exactly. So that's suffering long. Exactly. So verse 4, right? Read it again. Mm-hmm. First, uh, Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity char- charity envieth not. Charity wanted not itself. It's not puffed up. Jesus goes right back to uh, what we was reading in 2 Timothy's the third chapter about that pride. Mm-hmm. You're not puffed up like, I'm cheap, hot priest. <laughs> Or, or, you know, looking down on somebody like you better than them. Right? <laughs> or Bishop so-and-so, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, <laughs> they think that they know everything, and, and if you don't go to their church okay. to learn from them, you're not going to receive um, 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 eternal life, in other words. you got to go through them. 
Right. Prophecies and mm-hmm. breakdowns, and I can break this down. We can break every scripture down in the Bible. Yeah. But all those things fail. Mm-hmm. That's why it's always right here. It says, uh, read that again. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Different knowledge that they had. Mm-hmm. Different knowledge dudes was bragging and boasting about. Mm-hmm. It never happened. Never came to pass. You know? For we know in part and we prophesy in part. So it shows you right there that we know all the breakdowns is a lie. That's right. They don't know all the breakdowns. So that's why it goes right back to, you know, it's not about the knowledge, it's not about what I know and, and all that. It's about the charity, the love, how we deal with one another according to the commandments of the most high. That's what we're going to deal with when we come back from the break, because we're about to take a break. We're going to take a quick break, so just hang in there and stay tuned. of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BLCC. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe, take the challenge to see Are You Smarter Than Your Pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake. On Thursdays, at 8 o'clock p.m. If you are seeking salvation, listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out The Body of Christ Church 
seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the VOCC. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash T-H-E-B-O-C-C. Shalom. Connect with the Body of Christ Church on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the BOCC. Follow us on Twitter at the BOCC and view our videos on youtube.com forward slash the BOCC1. Link with us to learn more about repentance and salvation according to the Holy Bible. Remember what Christ said. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. We pray that the information on our pages guide you towards true repentance to the Heavenly Father in the name of Christ. Shalom.
St. John chapter 3, start at uh, verse 19. We're going to start at verse 19. Okay. And this is the commandment. Oh, I'm sorry for that. Mm-hmm. St. John's 3 and 19. Verse 19. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Now, check this scripture out, brother. This is a hot scripture because it's showing you, you know, where their mindset, where their mindset is and their lust is because they love darkness mm, yeah. rather than light, brother. You know what I'm saying? And this is what the whole world is not really understanding. See, what is love? That's the question everyone got to ask themselves, what is love and what is true love? Because right in the, in, in the scripture it says, and this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world. So we got to understand what is light. And then we're going to go into the darkness too. But according to the scripture, what is light? Let's go to one scripture to prove that. Actually, we're going to go to two real quick. Go to St. John chapter 8. All right, we're going to jump around just a tad bit just to bring out what the Bible is saying with this, all right? St. John chapter 8, and let's read verse 12. So that's St. John chapter 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. Stop there. So Jesus is saying that he is the light. Jesus Christ is the light. Read on. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. Now check the scripture out. The scripture is hot. So we're saying that Christ is the light. So if you're going to follow Christ, that means everywhere everywhere he is, he is that lamp, he is that light, and you following him so you can have light, right? Mm-hmm. So you can be light. Now, we're not going to read this right now, but when you have time, um, everybody out there that's listening in, you can read St. John chapter 8, and you can read from verse 1 all the way to that scripture, and you're going to see that the woman was caught in adultery, in the very act of, uh, of adultery. So <laughs> she is showing you that she was walking in darkness. Exactly. And Christ is saying in verse 12, read that one more time. Read uh, St. John 8 and 12 one more time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follow me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. So now this woman will have a chance to have what? the light of life, which is Jesus Christ. So he's saying that you were walking in darkness when you was committing this act of fornication, mm-hmm. all right? But now I want you to follow the light. So when you, when you understand that, you understand that he was teaching her when you read the scripture before that, he told her, don't sin no more. Don't do that no more. And you won't be in darkness no more. You're going to follow Christ because Christ, what? He don't commit adultery. He don't commit fornication. So, you know, to add on it, it shows mm-hmm. that fornication is a work of darkness. And and it's heavy because the scripture we read where it talks about men love darkness rather than light. That's the whole men point. love to commit adultery. Love to commit fornication. Men love it. Mm-hmm. They'll get in the marriage, tell a woman, I love you, baby, I love you. Mm-hmm. Go out and commit adultery. Exactly. So are they walking in love? No, they're not. Absolutely not. Intense. He showed her repentance. Exactly. And that's what we're trying to show the people out there, repentance. But what is that showing you? It's showing you that darkness, right, is evil and is hatred. And repentance is love, is light, and is love, and is the light of life. It's true love. It's true love, and that's it's the true form of love. Let's go to um, Proverbs chapter 6. You know, we used to kill this scripture every time we deal with 
deal with this light, okay? Let's go to Proverbs 6 and 23. Everyone knows this scripture, <laughs> especially, you know, us coming from the doctrine of men. <laughs> go to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23. Read that. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. And reproof of instruction of a way of life. So when you when you look at the scripture right here, it's showing you for the commandment is a lamp. So it's giving you the definition of what what the law is, man, what the commandments are. Yeah. It's that light. You understand? It's that lamp. And it goes on to say, and the law is light. So you say to yourself, the law is light, meaning if you're in darkness and you're committing fornication. And you're in darkness. Now, all of a sudden, you got this light, and you can come up out of the dark. If you're in pitch black dark, and you need light so you can see to know where you're going. So now he's saying that law means stop commanding fornication, repentance, like Kid I said. Repentance is that light. It's going to teach you how to come out of darkness so you can find where you're going. So read on. Read verse 23 and 24 together. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, Mm -hmm. and the reproofs of instruction of the way of life, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Keep going. Lust not after her beauty in thy heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulterer, the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Keep going. Can a man take fire in his bosoms and his clothes not be burnt? Can one go go upon hot coals and his feet not be burnt? You know, that's why God is, is comical. When you look at this, man, he has a, a sense of humor. When you when you read verse 27, can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burnt? Nope, he can't. He can't do that. The fire is going to come on you. Your clothes are going to get burnt. Yeah. All right, so verse 28 says, can one go... Upon high coals in his feet, um, not be burned. Nope. No, because if you step on those high coals, your feet are going to be burned. Are going to be burned, right? Yeah. So read verse twenty nine. So he that goeth in to his neighbor's wife, whosoever touch her shall not be un- shall not be innocent. So if you go sleep with your neighbor's wife, you are not innocent. Absolutely not. So it's going to show you. But if you kept the laws of God. He would have kept you in the light. The, the law is going to keep you away from a horse woman. It's going to keep you away from falling short of the glory of God. That's how come when you go to St. John's, when we went to St. John's chapter 8, when she was caught in that very act of adultery, he said, I am the light. And you that follow me, what? To have life. Because the law through Christ is going to give you life. Because the law tells you don't commit adultery. Don't commit this act because you're in darkness. And the only way you're going to come out of darkness is if you have light. And the only way to escape is through repentance, brother. That's the only way we're going to escape. So let's go back, unless you want to add to it. Uh, All right. Let's go back to where we're at. Uh, Yeah. Actually, you know what? Go to 1 John 2. There is a point I want to bring out in 1 John 2. This is just going to add the icing to the cake. All right. 1 John chapter 2, and start at verse 4. All right, 1 John 2 and 4. Mm-hmm. 
He that says, I know him, and keep not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So a lot of people out here are liars, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Why are they liars? Because it says, he that he, he that saith, I know him, meaning know Christ. Because everybody seems like I got this personal relationship with Christ. I got a personal relationship with my Savior. Mm-hmm. Right? They keep not his commandments. So if you don't want to keep his commandments, you're a liar. So if you're still out there committing fornication, you're a liar. How many of those that's in the church that go to church on Sunday but just went out Friday and Saturday and having sex with all these different men and women? Have a form of godliness to design the power in us. Yeah. But he's letting you know you're a liar because you don't have that personal relationship with him. Read verse uh, 5. But whosoever keepeth his word in him belly is the love of God perfected. So this is how the love of God is perfected. This is how you're going to have perfection in true love. How are we going to have that? If we're going to follow the light, meaning that limp, meaning that law through Christ. He says, I am the light. Through him is how we're going to be perfected. This is how love is going to be perfected. We're not going to commit idolatry because did Christ commit idolatry, brother? No. Did Christ say keep Christmas and I was born on December 25th and this is the day that you keep forever and ever from generation to generation? No, he did not. Did he say keep Easter? No, he did not. He did not say serve idolatry. He did not say commit fornication or homosexual acts. He did not say deceive your brother, steal from your brother, steal from your sister. This, you can't perfect true love this way. All right? Keep reading. Read verse, uh, what's that? Verse uh, 6. He that said he abide in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. <laughs> so that's the whole point, brother. Because if Christ ain't committing adultery, you can't commit adultery. All right. <laughs> if he never if he never committed fornication, you can't commit fornication. Goes down to everything we said earlier. Christ himself did not lay down with no man. There is no scriptures to support that. So for you to say that you have a personal relationship with Christ and you have a man that you're laying with and you're a man, you don't have that personal relationship. You're a liar and the truth is not in you. You understand? Because according to the commandments, you got to understand that we have to follow his word. We can't follow our emotions. We can't follow our emotions and call that love. You have a scripture you want to pull up before I move on? All right. I want to go to, um, there's a point that I want to go to in Second um, Second Peter's, right? Okay, let me hit this on top of what you just read. Okay, go ahead. Um, this is 1 John 5, 5 and 2. First John chapter. First John chapter five, verse two and three. Verse two and three. Because this goes right back into you know us keeping the commandments and and that is the love of God perfected. Mm-hmm. So this is First John chapter five, verse two. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. So it says, by this we know that. We love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Because the way we're going to love the children of God, which is one another, is by keeping the commandments. Because that's what the commandments is directing us and showing us how to do. Mm-hmm. You know, how to deal with one another. Like, like the point you was bringing out about the woman that committed adultery. Mm-hmm. 
that commits adultery is not love. Not at all. Because is she loving her husband, or which is a child of God, by committing adultery? No. She's showing her husband hatred. Exactly. And that's the same thing a man does when he goes out and sleeps with another woman. Or even if he just sleeps with a woman and having no intention to making him his wife. Exactly. It's his fornication. <laughs> but how is he dealing with that woman? How is he dealing with that woman's brother? Exactly. How is he dealing to that woman's father? You see what I'm saying? There's a bunch of people being hurt or being mistreated. Mm-hmm. So when the scripture is talking about that's how you love, it's by keeping the commandments. That's exactly what it means. Exactly. Because the actions of keeping the commandments are the actions that bring out love. That's we're going to add to it since you went to it. Go to, uh, um, we're going to go to two scriptures to add to that. Go to Psalms chapter uh, 97. Psalms chapter 97. All right, and then we're going to um, go to Romans 13. I know we, we both always go to Romans 13. Uh, I did one before you hit that. Yeah. There you go, Psalms, but this kind of um, relates to it. All right, I'll read it. You don't have to go there. This is First John 4 and 20, right? First John chapter 4, verse 20. The bill on top of what I just said. Okay. If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. <laughs> For he that loved not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God when he has not seen? Ooh. Because it's, it's very clear. Because if you hate your brother, first of all, if you hate your brother, you're breaking the commandments of God. Exactly. So if you're breaking the commandments of God, that's going contrary to everything you just read. Because according to the scriptures, if you're breaking the commandments of God, you're showing God hatred. So you cannot love God and hate your brother. No. It just doesn't work that way. That's all I want. Okay. All right. Um, go to Psalms chapter uh, 97. We're going to bring out some more points. Okay. Psalms 97. Yeah. Just verse 10. And 10. Yeah. He that loved the Lord hate evil. He, perceived, he, he, he preserved the soul of his saints. He delivered them out of the hand of the wicked. So when you read the scripture... He's showing you, ye that love the Lord. So in order for you to love the Lord, you got to hate evil. Mm-hmm. That's what Scripture just said. Yeah. You have to hate evil in order to love the Lord. <laughs> That's a heavy statement. And this is what the people, like a lot of people out here got to understand. You have to hate evil. So we have to understand what evil is, and we can't embrace it. We have to hate it. All right? I just want to go into a couple points, um, the scriptures we always go to dealing with this before I move to the other scriptures just came to me. Go to Proverbs 6. We always go to this dealing with hatred. We just want to bring out a couple points of some of the things that the Lord hates, mm-hmm. and these are the things we're supposed to hate. If the Lord hates, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So it told us in order to love God, we have to hate evil. All right. So Proverbs chapter 6, read, read verse 16. These six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look. Stop there. Remember you went into it earlier, a proud look. Yeah, it, 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 it hit that proud thing in, in uh, Second Timothy, the third chapter. It hit it again in First uh, Corinthians 13. When we read that, First Corinthians 13, 1 through 9, we hit it. Mm-hmm. So here it goes again on the proud. Talking about pride again. And I want to read this. Um you don't have to go to This world it. is heavy on pride. Mm-hmm. 
that's one of the main doctrines they try to teach push on you. Because according to the Bible in the Apocrypha, um, Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, um, and, and Kid Ice got it up there, I just want to read it anyway. Uh, Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, chapter 10 and verse 12, it reads, The beginning of pride is when one departeth from God, and his heart is turned away from his maker. For pride is the beginning of sin. All right? So a lot of people out here don't understand when he's talking about this proud look, he's going into that that pride of you, what? Committing sin. Turn away from the scriptures of the word of God and going into your own mind. You're going into your own mind, your own lust. So now you, you're prideful. Because you basically saying that you got a better way. You're smarter than God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a better way of dealing. You got a better way of dealing with uh, your life. You got a better way of living your life. You got a better way of, of, of serving God. Mm-hmm. That's that's pride. Mm-hmm. And that that's sad because so when people go into idolatry, if if you want, it's like the Israelites when you see the Old Testament people. You got to understand it's all evident that. The high priest that was fed up started going into their own understanding. They weren't following God. They were prideful. When they made the two golden calves, they went into their pride. Exactly. You understand when they built the golden calves, they said, these be the gods that brought us out of the land of Egypt. That was the beginning of pride, man. Mm-hmm. Your mind is, you're going into your lust. Okay? And this is what, in today's time, a lot of people are doing. They're not understanding the scriptures. We can't go into our own lust. That's pride. All right, read on. Go back to um, Proverbs chapter six and read uh, verse seventeen. Proverbs chapter six, verse seventeen. A proud look, mm-hmm. a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. So right back to a lying tongue again. We read that earlier too. People that lie. Yeah, bad false witness. So God said He hates a liar. So when you lie to your brother, you lie to your sister, you lie to your mother and your father, you lie to your wife or your husband, God says, I hate that. So God said, in order for you to love him, you got to hate lying. And people, hands that shed innocent blood, people that's committing murder out here, he says, I hate that. So, you know, just to just, uh, emphasize this mm-hmm. point, so someone that loves somebody or say they love someone, should they be lying to them? No, they should not. So that's not true love then. You you love you say you love somebody, you lying? You're always getting caught in some kind of lie. And they got this thing called a what they call it, a white lie or some kind of lie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it's insignificant. Like it's okay to lie a little bit, a little bit of lies all right. Never hurt nobody. And that lie, you know, when we say that, like we were trying to say earlier about love, we're not just talking about dealing with your wife. Mm-hmm. We're talking about dealing with everybody. Everyone, because if we're in Christ, we're supposed to deal with everybody according to love, mm-hmm. not just those in the church. In a relationship, how could it be trusted if it's founded on lies? Mm. How can you have a relationship with your so-called significant other, as they say, and you're lying to them all the time? Mm. That's not true love. You buying them flowers, say, oh, honey, I love you, but you're lying all the time. I'm always catching you in a lie. You're always deceiving me, beguiling me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's not true love. 
doing something you told me he wasn't going to do. Yeah, that's a lie. Truth, truth breaker. Yeah, truth breaker. Yeah. yeah. So let's go on. Reverse uh, 18. In the heart that divides wicked imaginations, <laughs> feet that be swift and running to mischief. <laughs> now, we're going to hit uh, a heart that divides wicked imagination. I'm going to hit that after we finish reading this. And we're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna hit that. So, but feet that be swift to run to mischief, meaning so quick to run to do evil. Mm-hmm. All right. God says I hate that. All right. Read on. A false witness that speak lies. Right back to lies again. He's saying this twice. Twice is nice. He's letting us know he hate hate mm-hmm. lies, man. So a lot of people better understand your relationship you have with brothers and sisters and your children and your wife or your husband. You better make sure that you're not found in this spirit of lying because God is saying this is something that I hate. And so in order for us to love God and say we have a personal relationship with him, we can't be found a liar. We have to hate evil. All right? Read on. And he that sold discord among brothers. And this this right here destroys a lot of people. Mm. This destroys churches. It destroys families because a lot of you, you know, growing up, hanging around your friends or whatever, you always had someone instigating something. You always had a friend that was like a bad seed that wanted to instigate, run back and tell this, run back and tell that, and they add in lies. They, they, they're adding their little, old, own little two cents in or they're bringing in lies, brother. They're sowing discord. They're saying, you know, spreading spreading lies and slanders and, and want the other one to hate you for no apparent reason. You see? And these things the most high say I hate. So why would you embrace, why would you get married to someone that's like that, always instigating something, always starting something, you know, always starting some kind of trouble and bringing up some kind of problems and fights and arguments all the time? Is that true love? Absolutely not. That's not true love. It's the contrary. It's true hatred. It's true hatred. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Remember I told you we were going to deal with the, uh, um, man, I lost my train of thought where I wanted to go before, but I'll tell you what, it don't matter. We're going to, we're going to clean it up anyway. we got so many scriptures that are popping up in my head anyway. Go to um, second, um, second Peter's real quick. I want to bring out this point in Second Peter's. Go to Second Peter's. There's something I said before. Second uh, Peter chapter two. And we're going to read this one scripture right here, and then we're going to move on. Read Second Peter chapter two and read verse five. That's what we're going to do. Because a relationship is very important with a man um, and his wife. You know what I'm saying? And and also, like we said, with the whole church, it's a relationship with the Most High God and His Son Jesus Christ. It's all a relationship that's formed together in the body of Christ. We're all the body of Christ, man, so we're all connected, all right? So it's very important. Like the brother said earlier when he called in and he talked about how God always showed love and the love that he was showing us even in the Old Testament and how to love your neighbor as you love yourself yeah. and how to look out for your neighbor when they're in need. It's like we talk about gleaning the field and all that. He left some on the, on, on, on the side so they could grab and snatch and eat as they, as they move, as they travel. All right, because why? That love I want you to have towards your brother. Those that aren't so fortunate, I want to make sure they could they could grab in and grab some corn, you know, as they're walking on their journey. You know what I'm saying? So he was already embracing that love and showing us how to love one another. 
All right. Go to um, Second Peter chapter two, verse five. And spare not the old world, but save Noah, the eighth, the eighth, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. All right. I went to this scripture for a reason because remember when we went when we read in Proverbs chapter six, right? I'm just going to read that scripture in Proverbs chapter six where it talked about uh, Proverbs 6 and, uh, and verse 18, and heart that deviseth wicked imagination. So I'm going to read that again. A heart that deviseth wicked imagination. So here we go again where it talks about the heart, which is talking about the mind. And how do we know it's talking about the mind? Because it says devise wicked imaginations. Where, where's your imagination at? Where's your thoughts at? Mm-hmm. It's in your mind. So it's talking about when it's referring to the heart here, He's referring to your mind. So that dividing wicked imaginations was way back in that time where God formed the earth and all the people of the earth, and before the flood came, he was already complaining about the wicked imagination of man. Mm-hmm. All right? So when we read verse 5 again, Second Peter 2 and 5, And spare not the old world, but save Noah, the eighth person. So we understand that there were eight people that were saved during the time of the flood, which was Noah, and his three sons and all their wives, right? Yeah. Be preacher of righteousness. So how could he be a preacher of righteousness? That means he was teaching the word. Yeah. All right? He was teaching, no different than what we're doing today, trying to teach people to repent. Mm-hmm. All right? A preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Obviously, they refused to repent. <laughs> and he was a preacher, though. Mm-hmm. And he taught the word, but they refused to repent, right? Mm-hmm. So let's go to that real quick. I just want to bring this point out. You're going to see where I'm going in a minute. All right. Go to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. Okay. Genesis 6 and 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. See, right back to what we were saying, that heart and the thoughts of his uh, his heart was only evil continually. So, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So, thinking about all the wicked things you could think of that the world is even doing today, they were already doing back then. Mm-hmm. Read on. And he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and he grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping things, and the fowls of the air, for they repented me that I have made them. Okay. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Okay. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. All right, so the point is, brothers and sisters out there, we are about to go to... Matthew chapter 24 now, and you're going to know where I'm going soon we read it. Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to start at verse 37. Matthew chapter 24, verse 37. All right. In the time of Noah, they were committing evil acts. All right. They were doing all these things. That's what they loved. That's what they enjoyed. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24, start at verse 37, and we're going to bring it home with this. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Stop. 
So Noah was a preacher, right, of righteousness. And he was trying to teach the world to repent, but at that present time, only eight people were saved. All right? <laughs> but as the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So that means destruction is going to come. Read on. Well, as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying mm-hmm. and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. So the point took us a long time to get there, but it was a point because I want to make the people, I want to paint a clear picture so you can understand that they were ungodly men back then, men and women that were living. But they were given in marriage. They were married and given in marriage in the time of Noah. You understand? So God is saying, I'm going to come just like in that day. But Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He was trying to teach love. He was trying to teach love your neighbor as you love yourself. He was trying to teach what love really is with a husband uh, and a wife. He was trying to teach them to embrace that. All right? Inform that and lead by example. Because that's what Noah did in his house. Him and his wife led by example because their kids follow too and their wife. Mm -hmm. That's why that house was saved. But they were given in marriage at that time, but read on. Read verse 38 again into 39. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, Mm -hmm. until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Read. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So how honorable is a lot of people marriages in this world, brother. This is something for the people to really think about, to ponder on, because God is saying that they were given in marriage because we understand, brother, that people are compatible in a lot of different things in their life. Mm-hmm. All right. Why why would a woman say, oh, I'm going to marry him because he got money and he looked good, all right? And then a man might say, I want to marry this woman because she's fine and she looks good. Mm-hmm. But they both got something in common with that. But what's about the qualities inside? You got some couples that come together and they, like we said on the phone, we were talking, they become swingers yeah. because they agree, they're compatible, they're okay with that, they love that, they embrace that. Mm-hmm. So they don't mind being married together and have rings on their finger, but we're going to go out swinging, we're going to go to the swinger club. So to them, they say that's love because they're happy in what they, they agreed upon. Yeah, they made an agreement in their marriage to have sin in their marriage. So they're cool with that. Yeah, because that's what they enjoy. That's they love that darkness. They love that darkness rather than light. So they're okay with that. They embrace that. So their marriage, they have a bond with Satan. Just like when, when you marry, when the scriptures say that a man and woman come together, they're no longer twain, but they're one. And Christ says we're supposed to only marry in the Lord. Because we're one with him. So there is a marriage that is forming out here in this world today, mm-hmm. and they're not twain, they become one, and they're in one in unity with Satan. Mm-hmm. All right? This is why the flood came in the first place, because that wasn't true love. They got destroyed and mur- not, well, killed, but the death. That was their judgment, because their love wasn't true. Mm-hmm. But this world, as we see it today, they're in love with materialistic things, and they're in love with their lust. So that's what they're going to embrace, and that's what they want to. That's what they want to love, and that's what they want to enjoy. Yeah. 
you get married, like you said, for all different reasons. They they get married. They might marry a man because he got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And they know he out committing fornication and doing doing his thing. But as long as that woman has that money and is living that that lifestyle that she want to live, it happens. Exactly. Well, God might not have money, but he married this woman, and the woman let him do what he want to do, whatever he want to do. So he's happy with that. Well, there's a lot of reasons people do that. Yeah, or it might be fear. The man beats her up, yeah. things of that nature. So there's a lot of different reasons why they're married and they're, and they're in sin. But one couple might be, one person may be happy, and the other person may, may be miserable. Or they both might be happy, or both may be miserable. But they stay in that relationship. It could be for the children, it could be for a lot of different reasons. But it's not a relationship that's, in, that's uh, grounded in Christ. And that's the sad part, you know. Go to um, St. John chapter 12. You go to St. John chapter 12. Or should I say, uh, uh, grounded in true love. Exactly. St. John chapter 12 and read verse, uh, verse 25. Excuse me. St. John's 12 and 25. <clears throat> he that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hid his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. This is a beautiful life eternal. This is a beautiful scripture. Alright. Um he that loveth his life shall lose it. Alright. So it goes right back in the time of Noah, did that not happen? People that love their life shall lose it. They lost their life because they want to embrace um their lust. Okay, that's why that's why the flood came on the world because of the ungodly. So he's saying right here, he that loveth his life shall lose it. So in this world today, people don't understand, just like in the time of Noah, Christ is going to come back again. He's going to destroy the ungodly. This time not with water, he says, but with fire, right? All right. So now he's saying that he's going to judge this world. So whatever it is that you're doing, you better make sure you're in true love. Because a lot of people, they think that they're okay. But according to the Bible, they're not meeting the um, the standards or the instructions that are given to us according to the Bible. And this is why you should fear the Lord and understand what it is to hate evil in order to love God and be in true love with God. You have to hate evil and know what it is. Yeah, the love their life is that they love the lust and the things they love to do, which they don't care what the Bible says, like, you know, like we read in the beginning mm-hmm. about the, the um, they're more lovers of pleasure than they're lovers of God. Exactly. Because they want to keep doing what they want to keep doing mm-hmm. and deny the scriptures. And verse 25 says, He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it into eternal life. Brother, when you look at me in your life, man, when you really reflect back on the things that you, uh, the things that you gave up for God, mm-hmm. All right, I can look at myself. All the things I have done, and without getting, you know, you know, all into detail, but the things that I have done in the life I left alone with the fornication I was committing was big to me to let that go. That was a part of my life that I didn't want to let go. Mm-hmm. But the, it says right here, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep keep it into eternal life. But I hated that because I found out that that was evil. So in order for me to love God, I gotta hate evil. So I gotta hate committing fornication. Exactly. That's how I'm gonna have eternal life. 
Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So that's a form that I had to understand because I dove into the scriptures and I understood what I was reading and I had to apply it. Now there's things inside of you mm-hmm. that you had to give up in order for us to, to fight for eternal life. Exactly. And that's the same thing that a lot of people got to paint that picture inside of them. They got to paint this picture inside of them to understand that what is it that I'm doing? What is evil? Let me study evil so I can hate it, so I can have eternal life. Mm-hmm. This is the scripture, man. Yeah, I like that. You know, scripture is real heavy, man. And a lot of people got to understand what the Bible is really saying so that we can learn what repentance is, you know what I'm saying, and, and overcome it. You know? You want to add something to it? No, no. Um, wait a minute. This right here, I like the scripture. Wait a minute. Yeah, read verse 26. I like that. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Mm. And where I am, there shall also my servants be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. This is a hot scripture, man, because everywhere Christ goes, goes right back to the footsteps of Christ again, being perfected. Every step he make, we make. You know what I'm saying? So we're in the image of Christ because he's in the image of who? The Father. And God said that's what he honors. So we have to follow Christ in those footsteps. So when we went back to the scripture before, it says that we have to follow Jesus Christ because he committed no sin, so we can't commit no sin. So this is why we have to learn what sin is and finally overcome it. And then, you know, we're going to be where Christ is, and Christ said that's what he honors. Where, the, where Christ is, that's his servant. So we want to be his servant to be found in honor of the most high that created us. There's no more honor greater than that, brother. There's no crown greater than that crown. That's why it says, and where I am, there shall also my servants be. So that's going right back to where he's, where is he? he's in the kingdom of heaven. He's, he's living in eternally. Exactly. Eternal life. Exactly. Let's go to, a, there was a scripture that I, that I did want to share, which is important that we didn't get a chance to go to, and let's go to it before we, we sum it up with a couple of scriptures that end it. Go to Romans 13. Oh, that's yeah, well, yeah, we got to go to that before we really end it. Um, I'll read it. I'll let you go through yeah. it. Romans uh, 13. Um, uh, Romans 13 and 8. Yeah. That's what we're going to start. Yeah. Hold no man anything. But to love one another, for he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. See, this is a nice scripture, man. Oh, no man, anything but to love one another. So it's letting us know this is what we owe towards one another, mm-hmm. is that love. And these are the things we've just been listening to all through the show, that to love the Lord, you got to hate evil. So that's how we show that love towards one another. You see what I'm saying? Read on. For this. Thou shalt not commit adultery. So it's showing us if we love, if we want to show love towards one another, we're not going to commit adultery. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to commit adultery with my with my neighbor's wife if I love him, right? Yeah. Read on. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended. In this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now check that out, brother. So it's just summing it all up that this is why the laws were even written in the first place. 
And a lot of people getting caught up in these churches and saying the law is done away with. Well, if the law is done away with, then we're not going to be in true love. Because this is the form of what love is, is the understanding of how to hate evil is how to fear the Lord. You understand? So if we're going to rule in true love, we have to love thy neighbor as thyself. How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> he gives us instructions. He just gave us some of the attributes of how to do that. Yeah. What the commandments is, is all about. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at it, for thou shall not commit adultery. Mm-hmm. Who you commit adultery to, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, like the point you was bringing out. Because when you commit adultery, are you loving your neighbor? No. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Are you loving that brother's wife you sleep with? No. Then it says, thou shall not kill. Who are you killing? Who are you killing? Matter of fact, to go before that, like Christ broke it down, is having hatred. Who are you having hatred for? Exactly. Then he goes and says, Thou shalt not steal. Who are you stealing from? How do you love a brother if you're stealing from him? Mm-hmm. How do you love a sister if you're stealing from him? How do you love anybody if you're stealing from them? Exactly. You're, not, you're not loving, you, you're hating. Exactly. You're showing forth hatred. Then he says, Thou shalt not bear false witness. Because now you lying on somebody. <laughs> So it shows that the commandment is all about how we deal with one another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So read verse 10, though, real quick. All right. Love working no ill to his neighbor. So love is not evil to his neighbor is what it's saying. Mm-hmm. It's not evil to your neighbor like we just broke down. Yeah. Because committing such acts as what we just read, if we commit these acts of breaking the laws, that means we have, we have an ill will. We have evil towards our neighbor. Exactly. Love don't have that. Exactly. So why are you doing that? Exactly. And then say you love them. And say you love her. You don't really love because why are you still hurting me? Why are you still hurting God? Yeah. That's why, you know, like the two scriptures we start off with when it talks about uh, let us not love in tongue and in words, but in action and in deed. That's right. And in truth. Mm-hmm. Because these are the actions that show true love when you carry yourself and you deal with people according to the commandments of God, you show forth the actions of love. And also we read in uh, uh, Matthew's where it talks about because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Because the iniquity that is, that is abounding is people are committing these acts. People love to do these acts. Like you read, men love darkness rather than light. Mm-hmm. Being that people love to do these acts, relationships are breaking up, friendships are breaking up. You know, uh, members are getting tossed out of churches. Yeah. Members are leaving churches. Yeah. Because people are continuing in these acts which are contrary to godliness. You know, contrary to the instructions that we are receiving with God in Christ and how we're supposed to deal with one another. Even when you have the Roman Catholic Church. Why are the priests sleeping with little boys, brother? Mm. Is that a form of love? And they say, call them Father so-and-so, Father Paul, Father John, Father this, Father that, and you sleeping with all these little boys, and you say you love me, Mm. but you keep not my commandments. This is why the scriptures say these things, man, because you can't say with your mouth you love me. You can't tell me what you're going to do. You know what that goes back to why the scriptures describe when you do the opposite of the commandments, mm-hmm. you commit an act of hatred. That's right. Because, like you said, sleeping with a little boy, mm-hmm. you're not only showing hatred to that little boy because you're destroying his life, but 
You're showing hatred to everybody that's related to them. That's right. You're showing hatred to the whole society, to the whole community, because of the evil act you're doing. And it goes the same thing with adultery, same thing with fornication, the same thing with stealing, the same thing with bad hatred and all that, because there's other people involved. That's why I always said this thing, being in, in the body of Christ, is not a selfish thing. Nah, you cannot be selfish and say you're about the most high. You know, that's why it goes right back again to those scriptures, man, without natural affection. That person has no natural affection because he has no care and no love, not only for the individuals that he committed sin against, but everybody around that's connected with that. And first and foremost, to the 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 uh the violation of the commandments of God, which is he's showing hatred towards God, the heavenly father in Christ. You know, that's why this thing is deep. And that's, like I was saying, that's why the Most High describe all those actions as hatred. There, there's no thin line. There's, just, there's no thin line there. You know, it's, it's very clearly drawn out. The line is drawn in the sand. Either you love it or you hate it. That's right. And the sad part is a lot of people don't realize what they're really embracing because, they, like we, we were teaching a couple of weeks back about learned behavior, a lot of these things they picked up. You know, as they, as they, as they, uh, you know, as they were, their upbringing, they picked up from the mother, father, guardian, whoever it was, or just from the streets, or even from their own mind, they formulated these things and they started following the customs of, of man, yeah. and they don't even understand what true love really is. But according to the Bible, this is why we're trying to bring this out. You know what love really is. Let me let me go to. The, we're gonna sum it up now. It's already you know about that time. Go to St. John. St. John, um, okay, alright, or do I want to go to St. John, give me one second, oh, might as well go to it, I don't even have this written down, this popped in my head, St. John chapter 14, let me go to this real quick before I give it to you, go, read verse, uh, St. John 14, read verse, uh, 23, okay, St. John 14, 23, mm-hmm, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my word. So a lot of people can't just talk about it. they got to be about it, like we said earlier. All right. If you love Christ, you're going to keep his word. So when we bring out these things in the Bible, like we bring out, you know, on a daily basis through the Blog Talk Radio show, our radio show, Blog Talk Radio, um, the BOCC, all right, we always bring out the understanding of the scriptures. Yeah. And the, it says, Jesus answered and said unto, unto him, if a man loves me, he will keep my words. So the words that are coming out, we have to keep them. Mm-hmm. Read on. And my father will love him. This is how the father is going to love you. And <laughs> So the father don't automatically love you. No, he don't automatically love you. This is why we're reading this. The people don't want to hear this. Because that's what the world says. Yeah. God loves everybody. Yeah. God loves everybody. Yeah. So you got to earn that love. This is what we're seeing. But, see, we do understand, don't get it twisted, that Christ laid down his life, which is love, for the opportunity for us to forget, be forgiven for our sins. But now he's trying to tell us according to his word on how to have eternal life now that he laid down his life for us. All right, read verse 23 again. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. This is so, <laughs> ain't nothing greater than a relationship with the Father and Jesus Christ. I want to hang out with them. 
You understand? I, I want to make my, I'm not going to make their abode with me. Meaning that Holy Spirit, if them walking with me, is always going to be around me. Why? Because I'm keeping his word. He's going to show, I love you, son, because you're following my word. You're being obedient, son, so I got you. Read on. And that's how that Holy Spirit is going to be with you. Exactly. That's what that's dealing with. You know, the Holy Spirit is with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Read verse 24. He that loveth me not, <laughs> he did not my saying. So you can't say that you love Christ and you commit an adultery. You can't say you love Christ and you commit forms of fornication like sleeping with little boys. Mm. All right? Uh, men sleeping with men, women sleeping with women. You can't say that. You can't serve idolatry and serve Christmas, Easter, and Thanksgiving. And a lot of people don't understand all the pagan roots and, and, and the foundation of Satan in that and say you love God and God love you back because you're not keeping his word. Yes, well, according to scripture, according to scripture, you love him not. So read that again, verse 24. He that loveth me not, mm-hmm. keepeth not my sins. So if you know if you do things contrary to what he says, then you don't love him, regardless of what your mouth say. Mm-hmm. Because it goes back again to the first first John's. Mm-hmm. You can't love in words, but in action. So keep going. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. So the Most High God, I'm giving to you. The Most High God sent this word. It wasn't Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is only repeating what God told him. Mm-hmm. You want to go to another scripture? Or? Uh, let's go to 2 Peter's. All right, 2 Peter's. I thought you were going to read this one. I probably was. I didn't get a chance to get to it. 2 <laughs> Peter's, first chapter, verse 2. All right. On down. <laughs> you sure? 2 right. Peter's, chapter chapter 1, mm-hmm. verse, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. And of Jesus our Lord. See, so through this knowledge of this Bible, that's what's going to happen. Grace and peace is going to be multiplied mm-hmm. in relationships, friendships, whatever shit, like we said earlier. Mm-hmm. You know? According as his divine power hath given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence into your faith, virtue, into, into virtue, knowledge, into knowledge, temperance, into temperance, patience, into patience, godliness, into godliness, brotherly kindness, into brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So check that out. So these are the things we have to add. It says add to your knowledge, temperance, as to temperance, patience, to patience, godliness, which means righteousness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity, which is the highest level, which is going right back to that love. And uh, we're running out of time, so we thank you again for tuning in. We hope you receive edification. Give all praises to the Most High in Christ for this opportunity and for all good things. Anything you want to say? Uh, like, like you said, I just want to give all glory and uh, all knowledge and wisdom and knowledge and understanding uh, to the Most High and His Son, Jesus Christ, to edify us and to teach others in Lord's will, all of us, you know, through, through the Most High prayers and His Son, Jesus Christ. We hope that we all take heed to the words of Christ 
so we can embrace true love. And with that, we say shalom. Shalom, everyone. Thank you for coming in.
enough is enough. Wall Street's greed and illegal behavior drove this country into the worst economic downturn since the 1930s. And then, after getting a huge taxpayer bailout because they were too big to fail, 